0: Heavenly Father, we ask that your presence would abide with us as we open your word. Help us, Lord, to see with your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The message for today is entitled The Conspiracy. And uh, what I'm going to be sharing today, I think, is Extremely important for us to understand. Um, there is a conspiracy, and I want to talk to you about that conspiracy today. And so I'm going to ask that you you really follow this closely. Um, don't tune out. Don't even think I think I know where a pastor might be going. Just please follow. I'm not crazy but I need you to listen. So we're going to begin with Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, the Bible tells us in verse 12, and this is God revealing what happened with Lucifer in heaven. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will be like the Most High. The very first conspiracy ever to take place took place in heaven. And God reveals it to us right here in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. He reveals that Satan had a conspiracy and that conspiracy was against God. How do we know this conspiracy? How do we know this conspiracy is true? We know it's true because God's word tells us so. God is able to read the heart. And that's why the text says, for you said in your heart. So please note that Lucifer did not say these words out loud. He said them in his heart. But because God can read the heart, God knew exactly what Lucifer was up to. This conspiracy, a plot to do something evil, this conspiracy did not catch God off guard. God knew about this before it happened. Because God has foreknowledge. God understood before Lucifer's rebellion that he would rebel. We call that the Spirit of Prophecy. That's when you know something before it comes to pass. So, Revelation 19.10, you will see there on the screen, Revelation 19.10 refers to something called the Spirit of Prophecy. The reason that we know this conspiracy was true, it was a fact, is that God foresaw it, and God told us about it. So we don't have to guess regarding this. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21 tells us this. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We know that this conspiracy not only occurred in heaven, but that it spilled out to earth and is still happening to this day. And the reason that we know that, is because of the Spirit of Prophecy, which is the Holy Spirit foretelling events to come. The Holy Spirit has shown us through prophecy what this conspiracy is. But we're not talking about that right now, what the conspiracy continues to be. We're simply talking about what happened in heaven. And what I want you to get is this very important fact that the first conspiracy to ever take place was launched by lucifer himself in heaven if you're with me so far just give me an amen pastor we are following you what i'm about to share next is very crucial for you to understand what was the conspiracy how would satan carry out this conspiracy that's the question and the answer is this the conspiracy was to plant doubt in the minds of angels did you catch that the conspiracy was to plant doubt in the minds of angels to make them become cynical of god and how would he do this The answer is, he would do it by launching the first conspiracy theory. I sure hope you got that just now. You see, a conspiracy theory is something that is designed to appear real and to look true but cannot be proven. Are you catching this? So Lucifer launches the first Conspiracy, which is he wants to overthrow God. He wants to put doubt in the minds of the angels to ultimately get him on their side. So the way he implements this conspiracy is by producing a conspiracy theory. Now remember, the conspiracy that God revealed was conspiracy fact It is true, without a shadow of a doubt. There's no, hey, is this a question? No, it is true, without a shadow of a doubt. God revealed Satan's conspiracy, and that was a fact. So we wouldn't call that conspiracy theory, we would call it a conspiracy fact. How Satan goes about implementing this conspiracy is by producing a conspiracy theory. Theory. Yes, Satan, listen carefully guys, Satan is the great conspiracy theorist. Now where do we find this conspiracy theory? Let's go to Ezekiel 28, and you'll notice in Ezekiel 28, the other place that Lucifer is spoken about. Ezekiel 28, beginning with verse 15, the Bible says, Speaking of Lucifer, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Notice verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stone's Of fire. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. I want you to get this, guys. Lucifer was merchandising in heaven. So the question is. What was he merchandising? What was he selling? What was he trafficking? He was trafficking. Come on, I'm going to wait for you to say it. He was trafficking what? Yes, I heard you. By faith, I heard you say Lucifer was trafficking conspiracy theories speculation, a manipulation of the facts. He was trading in conspiracy theories. So just imagine Lucifer in heaven coming up with these theories about God and he's talking to the angels like, yo, dude, you will not believe. (laughs) Have you seen the latest? The latest God video? You better watch this before they delete it. Lucifer begins to traffic in theories designed to implant doubt and distrust in the minds of angels. Come on, guys. Let's let's check this out. Darkness before dawn, page two, the very work which he himself was doing, Satan, he charged upon those who remained true to God and to sustain his charge of God's injustice toward him. He resorted to misrepresentation of the words and acts of the creator. It was his policy to perplex the angels with subtle arguments concerning the purposes of God. Everything that was simple, he shrouded in mystery and by artful perversion cast doubt upon the plainest statements of Jehovah. I hope you're following this, guys. Satan is producing conspiracy theories in the minds of angels regarding God and his government. By the way, you find the same quote in Great Controversy. This is just the compilation version, but you'll find it in the Great Controversy. Patriarchs and prophets, while there was no open outbreak, division of feeling imperceptibly grew among the angels. Some looked with favor upon Lucifer's insinuation. Yo, have you seen Lucifer's latest video? I'm telling you, bro, you got to watch that thing. (laughs) Have you heard Lucifer's latest argument? Have you seen Lucifer's latest Facebook post? Go check it out, man. I'm telling you. I think he's got a point. They're trying to hide something from us angels. They're trying to cover stuff up. She goes on to say, leaving his place in the immediate presence of God, Lucifer went forth to diffuse the spirit of discontent among the angels. Now let me pause right here for a second because you have to understand the spirit of discontent, the spirit of distrust The spirit of doubt is a very dangerous thing. And Lucifer doesn't care how he gets it in you. He just wants to get it in you. He's trying to train you to doubt. He's trying to train you to become skeptical. That's what he did with the angels in heaven. So so she goes on to say, working with mysterious secrecy and for a time concealing his real purpose under an appearance of reverence for God, he endeavored to excite dissatisfaction concerning the laws that governed heavenly beings, intimating that they imposed an unnecessary restraint. They're trying to take away our freedoms. She goes on to say, since their natures were were holy, he urged, that angels should obey the dictates of their own will. God in his great mercy bore long with Lucifer. He was not immediately degraded from his exalted position when he first indulged the spirit of discontent, nor even when he began to present his false claims before the loyal angels. The spirit of discontent had never before been known in heaven. The spirit of discontent. Great controversy. Page 495. So I want you to see how this worked. Because when Lucifer launched his conspiracy theory, basically what he ended up doing was planting seeds of doubt, distrust, and discontentment in the hearts of one-third of the angels. And you can imagine that no matter what God said, that's not true. They were like, yeah, see, he's lying. God could have argued till he was blue in the face. Angels, good angels, could have said, no, Lucifer, that's not the case. This is not what's happening. But once the conspiracy theory was received in the hearts of angels, there was nothing that could stop them from doubting and from being cynical. They thought, That they had gained secret information that God wasn't trying to let everybody know. They thought that they knew something secret about God and about his purposes that God was hiding from everybody else. So Lucifer, in essence, deceived them with the lure of secret knowledge. We know something that God's trying to keep back. Story of Redemption, page 15. There was contention among the angels. Lucifer and his sympathizers were striving to reform the government of God. They were discontented and unhappy because they could not look into his unsearchable wisdom and ascertain his purposes in exalting his son and endowing him with such unlimited power and command. Now, notice this next sentence. Angels that were loyal and true sought to reconcile this mighty rebellious angel to the will of his creator now you got to understand this lesson one what i want you to learn is this the conspiracy fact and those that accepted the conspiracy fact that is god saying guys there's a conspiracy And Lucifer is leading it out. He's trying to bring destruction to the kingdom of heaven. He's trying to usurp the throne of God. When that fact was received, the conspiracy fact led to an outcome. The outcome was angels who received this conspiracy fact sought to reconcile the guilty. Man, I hope you're catching this. The result of accepting the conspiracy fact, the narrative given by God, which is in essence the great controversy, the angels that accepted this concept of the great controversy that Lucifer was seeking to war against God, those who accepted the conspiracy fact, the result of accepting that was how do we reconcile the guilty? How do we save the guilty? How do we bring the guilty back into the fold? So their mission was not, ha, Lucifer, man, that wicked, that wasn't their mission. Their work wasn't to expose their brethren, it was to win them to truth. Okay? What about those that accepted the conspiracy theory? What happened to those that accepted the conspiracy theory? Well, those that accepted the conspiracy theory were led to the spirit of distrust, discontentment, hate, callousness toward their brethren and condemnation of their brethren. All right, guys, I need you to pay attention. I need you to focus. And by the way, for all of you watching, I love you all. All of you. I do. I really, 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 really love you. And when I preach, it is because I want to see all of us in heaven. Because you're all my brothers and sisters. Amen. That's why God calls us pastors to preach the word, and to see people saved in the kingdom of heaven. So I just want you to understand right now, this message is not about condemning anybody. Amen, amen, amen. It's about saving. Listen carefully. Those who accepted the conspiracy theory of Satan produced distrust, discontentment, hate, a callousness and a condemnation of those who were on the opposite side those who they thought were guilty because lucifer and his angels thought that god and his angels were guilty and so guess what we know that ultimately this conspiracy spilled out onto earth this battle this great controversy spilled over onto earth revelation 127 The Bible says there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. Now pause for a second. I'm going to come back to this. The dragon fought and his angels. I need you to understand how that happened. You see, the dragon didn't have angels before. Satan did not have angels. Why? Because all the angels were one. And there was one leader over them, Michael. But as a result of Satan or Lucifer's conspiracy theory, now you have division. It's Michael and his angels versus the dragon and his angels. The angels, listen carefully now, remember, Michael and his angels were into the work of reconciliation. Come on, let's reconcile, let's reconcile, let's reconcile. The devil and his angels were like, no, you guys are evil. They produce a spirit of distrust, discontentment, and just like y'all are evil. So the angels on Satan's side could not look at the angels on Michael's side and say, those are our brethren. No, 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 no. We're not brothers. We hate you. We despise you. And trust me, they weren't using the word hate in heaven. Angels weren't like, we hate you. They were just fighting for what they believed was rightfully theirs. So the text goes on to say, They prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, notice verse 10. And I heard a voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for, listen carefully, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. I need you to understand this. The result of receiving conspiracy theory in heaven led to angels doing the work of accusation. Please understand this. The angels that received the conspiracy theory of Satan began to indulge in the work of accusation. We might say baseless accusation. The spirit of discontent, the spirit of anger, the spirit of hate, combined with the spirit of of accusing. This is what God is really trying to do. So Satan's goal was very simple to plant cynicism and distrust and the spirit of cynicism and distrust into the hearts of angels. And he succeeded. One third of the angels are now put out of heaven and Satan is cast down to the earth. And then we find something very interesting because in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God does know. Hold on a second. There is secret information that God is keeping from you, and I am here to expose that information. I am here to reveal to you the conspiracy behind God. Now, I got a question for you. Was that a theory or was it a fact? By the way, the Bible says of Lucifer in heaven that he was merchandising these conspiracy theories and one-third of the angels bought it one-third of the angels bought the conspiracy theory. And now here he is on earth selling the same theory to Adam and Eve. Did they buy it? They bought it. They bought it. Lucifer was selling them, listen, I have information that you need to know. It's secret information. Nobody else knows this. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's nobody else on planet Earth, right? Lucifer is offering Adam and Eve knowledge that they're saying, Look, God was trying to hold something back from you. God does know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan offered them. Inside information. And there is something about inside information that appeals to the carnal human heart. What happened when Adam and Eve received this conspiracy? Let me show you what happened. Genesis 3.12 And the man said, The woman that you gave me, accusation, do you hear what I just said? Once Adam and Eve received the conspiracy theory of Satan, because listen, God doesn't deal in conspiracy theories. God only deals in conspiracy fact. That means that what God has revealed is in his word. It is fact. We don't have to guess. It has been given to us by the spirit of prophecy. Satan deals in conspiracy Theories, that which cannot be proven from the word of God. And so when Adam and Eve received this conspiracy theory, they immediately begin to accuse. They get the spirit of Satan. The woman, the woman that you gave me, she made me eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent that you put here beguiled me and I did eat. They have both gained the spirit of accusation, which is the spirit of the devil. It is a masterpiece of Satan. It is a masterpiece of Satan's deception to keep the minds of men searching and conjecturing in regard to that which God has not made known and which he does not intend that we shall understand. It was thus that Lucifer lost his place in heaven. He became dissatisfied because all the secrets of God's purposes were not confided to him. And he entirely disregarded that which was revealed concerning his own work in the lofty position assigned him. By arousing the same discontent in the angels under his command, he caused their fall. Now he seeks to imbue the minds of men with the same spirit and to lead them also to disregard the direct commands of God. Do you see this? Satan's goal is to be like, you know what, there's secret information that nobody else knows, but that you can know. Will you buy it? Satan doesn't care how he gets a spirit of discontent in you. He doesn't care how he gets a spirit of distrust, of cynicism in you. All he wants to do is to get it in you. Acts of the Apostles 305 It says Satan is constantly seeking to introduce distrust, alienation, and malice among God's people. Let me recap what we have learned so far. Conspiracy fact is prophecy. It is the sure word of God. It is the only conspiracy that you and I should be focused on. It is the great controversy. It is the prophecy that has been revealed to us in the Bible. Conspiracy theory is speculation and it has to do with accusation against others. Unfounded accusations against others. Hey, man, I know the real deal behind why this is going on and behind why that person said this and behind why they did this. Beloved, we are not God. We can't read the heart like God read Lucifer's heart in heaven. A judgment is coming At the end of the millennium, that's when God says, I'm going to show you everything behind what happened. That's when all conspiracies will be revealed for what they are. But until then, like, beloved, unless we know and it's open and everybody knows, yes, this is what just happened here or there. It is dangerous to speculate When you don't know the whole story. And in case you think I'm talking about any particular story right now, I'm not talking about any particular story. I'm talking about Satan seeking to implant a general spirit of distrust and cynicism in the hearts of God's people. And there is a reason why he's doing that because it is part of the conspiracy. Not theory, but fact. You see, over the last, I don't know, several years, conspiracy theories have been being merchandised in our church, left and right. Listen, guys, please don't get me wrong. There is evil in the world. There are things that are no question evil. And there are things that are devious and all of that. I get it. But beloved, we have to be very, very careful with what we accept as truth. There is one conspiracy we need to be worried about and that is the conspiracy fact of the great controversy that which is revealed in the word of God. You just need to follow this, guys. See, look, I mean, there is a reason why you have conspiracy theories flooding the church and really flooding the world. 9-11, the flat earth, climate control, Bill Gates and the Mark of the Beast, wearing a mask and the Mark of the Beast. The earth is flat. Crisis actors. I know, I know. Right now, a whole bunch of you are mad at me because, pastor, there are crisis actors. Okay, and pastor, the earth is flat. Okay, and they changed the Adventist logo from three angels to something that represents paganism. Okay, okay, okay. I need you to understand something, guys. Satan's whole purpose is to create such a spirit of distrust and doubt in you. It is to create a spirit of cynicism in your heart so that you get to the place where no one is to be trusted. I love you. And my Facebook inbox, I received so many. And at first it was like, yeah, whatever, whatever, okay. But beloved, there's a reason, there's a reason why all of a sudden these theories are just flooding. And beloved, people in the world are growing so cynical. Why do you think that is? Satan wants to get the planet to a place today where nobody believes anything or trusts anyone so that when you and I come with the gospel, they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. The whole purpose is to lead mankind to grow cynical, to make love wax cold. Trust me, I see someone saying here, yeah, well, the Sunday law and other things like that are labeled conspiracy theory. We don't care about that. Why? Because those who label it conspiracy theory don't understand the word of God as we do. So, of course, the devil's going to call it a theory. That's what he does. That's not our concern. Why do we know it's not a theory? Because it's in the Word of God. The Word of God states it. So, when man says, oh, it's conspiracy theory, no, we don't have to be careful. We're following the Word of God. The danger is when we start to accept things that the Bible doesn't talk about anywhere as being part of the great controversy. So how does, for example, how does the flat earth play into Revelation chapter 13? Come on, somebody break it down for me. And you know what's going to happen now? I should have never said that because now I'm about to get some emails about why I need to pass You really need to look at the flat earth theory. Beloved, you get the point that I'm making. What the world thinks about what we believe is really of no significance if what we believe can be proven from the word of God. So the whole purpose of Satan throwing out theory after theory after theory is to get our minds to the place where we trust nothing, we distrust nothing everything he's infusing the spirit of distrust by the way which leads to the spirit of fear because now we're afraid now we have this "Ah, did you see that Ah, 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 wait guess what this is it this is it look this is happening and so many of us are walking around with the spirit of fear Watch this, man. Watch this before they take it down. I'm so, I love you. I love you guys. You know I do. I love you. I love all of you. If I see another watch this before they take it down, (laughs) you catch what I'm saying? The only thing I need to watch is what the Bible says is going to happen. That's what we need to be watching. Keep your eyes on prophecy. Correct prophecy. Biblical prophecy. Everything we need to know is already in the Bible. As Adventists, we now measure how on fire we are for the truth. Are you really up? Are you really up on this? You know about this? You know about this theory? You know about... Wait, 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 wait. Something else happens that we don't realize is happening. See, when Satan peddles in conspiracy theories, and it's always truth, right? No one's going to say conspiracy theory is a theory. They're going to say it's truth. But beloved, truth is is measured by the Word of God truth is measured by the Word of God so you're gonna have to show me in the Word of God where wearing masks will ultimately lead to the mark of the beast I'm just using that as an example guys I'm just using it as an example okay I'm just simply saying you gotta show me in Revelation 13 and the beast took off his mask. Or, and the beast forced everyone to wear a mask. M A S K. No, guys, it's M A R K. Mark, not mask. So what happens is when we accept all these different conspiracy theories, what happens is we begin to lose our ability to discern truth from error. Because the key thing now to accepting a theory is if the majority of people don't know about it. If they don't know about it, then, oh, this must be true. Man, y'all don't know about this. Watch this. The devil weakens our ability to be able to discern truth from error. The very thing that he claimed to say, hey, you'll be able to tell the difference between good and evil. You'll know good and evil for yourself if you accept my conspiracy theory. And when people accept the conspiracy theories, what happens is you begin to believe anything and everything and nothing at the same time. How does that work? Not only that. We actually learn to become accusers. Let me say it a different way. We learn to bear false witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs 6, I want you to notice this. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So let me ask you something. Would you consider it merchandising a lie if a conspiracy theory talks about just use some secular person, right? Some forget about it in the church because we usually take this and say, all right, you shouldn't lie about people in the church. But it's okay to lie about people in the world. Now, we're not going to say it's okay to lie about people in the world, but it's okay to spread theories about people in the world. People that are living today, it's okay to be like, did you know that so-and-so is part of da-da-da-da-da and that so-and-so is really about, did you know that? Now, let me ask you a question. Is that a real person with family and friends and sons and daughters? Is Yeah, it is, right? Now, unless you have first-hand information and knowledge, which you don't because you don't even know the person, do you not think that it is bearing false witness to spread conspiracy theories about individuals? About what this group of people are really after. Now, don't get me wrong. If a group of people say this is what we're after, then that's not a theory. They're saying it. I I get that. What I'm saying is when we try to play God and try to make connections that are not to be found in the Bible, we run a very serious danger of bearing false witness. Beloved, listen to me. There's gonna be a lot of Facebook posts in the judgment during the millennium (laughs) there's gonna be a lot Now, so-and-so posted this can you imagine that Facebook is gonna be in the judgment yes sir your Facebook posts the one in which you bore false witness against the neighbor check this out Adventist home 441 The spirit of gossip and talebearing is one of Satan's special agencies to sow discord and strife, to separate friends, and to undermine the faith of many in the truthfulness of our position. We think that gossip only pertains to us. If we're not doing it in the church, then we're on good ground. But we can do it out there in the world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that politician did this, and that movie actor, and that... Sports figure and that. Yeah, and and we just. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 309. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. After quoting the ninth commandment, she says this precept forbids every effort to injure our neighbor's reputation by misrepresentation or evil surmising by slandering or tailbearing. Did you catch that? You don't have to know the person. And if you are injuring the person's reputation by things that you don't have firsthand knowledge that the person has said or done. Like, I'm not talking about a murderer. It's not injuring a murderer's reputation. If you say, man, this guy was caught murdering. Like, how dare you? Right. He was caught murdering. He was caught stealing. That's not injuring someone's reputation. But the conspiracy theory pedals in playing God. I hope y'all are catching this. We become traffickers, tailbearers, merchandising stuff that other people have sold to us. Who is my neighbor? It's not just the people in my church. It's the people on this planet. Matthew 7.1 Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Be careful, guys. Be careful. Be careful. Luke 6, 37, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Please understand, when the Bible says judge not, it means, look, if a murderer murders and you say you're a murderer, you're not judging him in this particular sense. You're simply stating by the fruit. Look, this is what he did. But to assume that you have secret inside knowledge of something that a person has never said or done and to peddle that you are bearing false witness and you are judging in a way that you do not want to be judged and the devil just wants to eliminate you from being a juror during the millennium that's his whole goal come on god how you going to use a judge like this who is peddling my conspiracy theories There's a difference between exposing the works of darkness foretold in the Bible and exposing insinuations. So when we say stuff like, yeah, man, they're lying to us. Yeah, they're keeping us back or they're keeping this back from us or they don't want you to know who is they? Who is this they that you're talking about? Who is this they? God wants to know. And how do you know they're doing this? Oh, I get it. Pastor, I got secret information. I don't Listen, for some of you, I know this sermon is going to go right over your head. You're just going to be like, no, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand. But I pray you continue listening to the end because you will see exactly what I'm talking about, what I'm not talking about, and what I am talking about. See, once we believe that they, are just purposely working with the devil, guess what? They become the impersonation of the devil. It produces a spirit of hate in your heart for the they, the ones who are responsible for this conspiracy. They are evil. They had a meeting with Satan. Yes, Satan came in person to them. I was like, all right, guys, this is what I want you to do. So why should I have any compassion for these wicked Evil, mm. yeah. I see some of your quotes, <laughs> I see some of you saying stuff. And guess what? Some of you say, Well, Babylon, yeah, we're gonna get to Babylon, we're gonna get to Babylon, but I need you to understand who is they. Who are they that are deserving of being exposed? Remember, in heaven, those who sided with the conspiracy fact wanted to reconcile and win the guilty. But those who were on the conspiracy theory side were all about accusation and hate. Yeah, there's no way you and I can reconcile this. We're going to have to war. So let's talk about they for a minute. And I want you to notice Revelation 17.5. The Bible says, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So we know that the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, we know that this represents the papal system, and the harlots, the daughter of this mother, represents apostate Protestantism. Is that a conspiracy theory? Why is it not a theory? Because the word of God is not a theory, right? Yes, yeah, you, you catch that? The word of God is not a theory. So this is not a conspiracy theory. In fact, it is proven out in history. We can go back and show through history, look, the word of God says this, and this is what it is. History demonstrates it. The word of God foretold it. So these daughter churches represent apostate Protestantism. Now, let's go to Revelation thirteen eleven. There, the Bible says, "I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. He spake as a dragon." We understand this to represent the United States of America, who professes to be a Christian nation, lamb-like nation, but speaks like a dragon. We're all on the same page with this. So, this power represents a Christianity that we would call evangelical Christianity, right? We would call it Christian nationalism, the greatness of our nation combined with Christian values and that America is a Christian nation. So Christian nationalism. Now, follow this. Because this same Babylon is said to do something very specific. Revelation 14, 8, there followed another angel saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So what is the wine of the wrath of her fornication? The wine would represent false doctrines. Are you following me? The wine represents false prophecies. What we might as well just call conspiracy theories. This wine of evangelical Christianity in America, of nationalism, this wine focuses on America as the central point of prophecy. So this wine focuses on the preservation of the nation above doing good for others. So doing good for others is not very high on the list. Okay, yeah, 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 no, you've got time, you know, you can... But the nation, America, the great... That's what the wine of Babylon produces. The wine of Babylon, listen carefully, produces, it is a Christian nationalism, an evangelical Christian nationalism, which feeds the people false prophecy. Israel will be restored as a nation, and everything will center around America and Israel. Let me clarify this again, beloved. Conspiracy fact is proven from the Bible. Conspiracy theory is not. I hope I'm making this crystal clear, guys and some of us are so married to what we believe conspiracy fact which is actually conspiracy theory that we're just like oh, oh oh calm down i love you calm down i want you to understand beloved that the bible is fact it is not theory so then this wine of babylon teaches that our nation is a Christian nation, and above everything else, we should preserve the Christianity in our nation. We should be nationalistic about our nation. This whole theory of evangelism, watch this. Check this out. We're talking about evangelical beliefs, okay? Wine. Watch this. Scripture tells us, and the, the references at the bottom, the sources from the bottom, this is from one prominent politician who is also a Christian who is basically a Christian nationalist. I want you to hear what what this person says. She says, Scriptures tell us that in the end time, that is what the Antichrist will be. He will be a part of a one world system, she said. There are people who reject the Judeo-Christian truth and instead want to insert and usurp control of all of our lives with a global economic and political government. Evangelical Christians believe that the enemy are those that reject Judeo-Christian values. That's the wine of Babylon. They don't see the church as the source from which Antichrist comes. They don't understand that according to prophecy, it is the church that is the greatest threat to America. The hypocrisy, they don't see that. Their wine, their doctrine tells them that it is those non-Christian, atheists, secularists, liberal, socialists. Those are the enemy. That's the wine of Babylon, guys. Another source, this is what evangelicals and nationalists believe. Communism is a worldwide political movement organized inside many countries, Mr. Herbert Armstrong wrote in the April-May 1944 Plain Truth. From official communist literature, anyone can learn, if he wishes to know the truth, that communism is a plan in action for the violent overthrow of capitalism and the capitalistic governments. And capitalism means democracy, since it is the democracies who control more than two-thirds of the world's capital. Pointing to the scriptures, Mr. Armstrong warned of a time when end-time Israel, particularly Britain and America, would become mixed up ideologically with foreigners, and Hosea 7, verse 8 is quoted. In particular, he pointed to Hosea 7, 8-13, a passage warning that Britain and America would seek alliances with foreign nations forsaking God. He further highlighted how this passage shows these foreign alliances would eat away America's strength unknown to him. History and current events have shown that America's alliance with Russian-style communism has perverted its morals, weakened its economic power, and eaten away its strength. This is a tragic story, but America was warned. Listen to this. Communism is the devil's effort through his demon-inspired tools to take from us this great national and economical money, 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 economical blessing God ever conferred on any people. Now let me ask you a question. Does the Bible tell us that communism and Marxism is the end time enemy of God's people? I'm just asking a question. Does it tell us that? See, this is a theory. This is not fact. When I read through the book of Revelation, and trust me, I read through the book of Revelation, atheism, out of 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, atheism is mentioned in one chapter out of 22. The other 21 chapters all revolve around apostate Christianity. Let me read another to you. The mob violence and intimidation we're now seeing in America is just the beginning for social Marxist, and economic socialists across our country. The socialists feel sufficiently strong in number to now openly flex their intimidating muscle against anyone who think they may influence people to question or challenge socialist beliefs. This brings us to why socialists typically hate Bible-believing Christians. Born-again, Bible-believing Christians throughout history have been among socialism's most persecuted group of people. Why? Because Christians recognize the god of socialism is the state, a false god. Because Christians recognize the utopian goal promised by socialists The promise of economic salvation, liberty to all working class people, now in this life is a false gospel. Because Christians understand God's law in the Bible teaches private property rights, the ownership of property by individuals and families, not the state. Really? God's law teaches about the... Wow. Because Christians understand, or should, that God brings individual, familial, and larger social prosperity through the free exchange of private property. Because Christians understand that if property is privately owned, then state control of property is nothing more than theft, And slavery, wealth is taken away from individuals and families, thus sealing and taking away the time, the life it took that person to earn the property or wealth being stolen from them. Because Christians understand or should that violating God's law, including the respect of private property and freedom to engage in private property transactions leads to economic impoverishment. It is for these reasons, among others, that Christians have historically opposed and spoken out against socialism as evil. Is that the gospel? Is that the gospel? Here's my question. I spoke to you guys a few days ago. Some of you saw my post about how esdenism is taking place of the gospel. What is esdenism? I want you to check it out. It is for short evangelical seventh-day Adventist nationalism yeah 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 I made that up I made up that phrase esdenism evangelical seventh-day Adventist nationalism or Nationalist. How is it that we are repeating the wine of Babylon? How is it that we're repeating the same sentiments as evangelical, nationalistic Christians? Since when did Marxism and communism and socialism become the end time enemy that God's people are worried about? When did that happen? Come on, show me the prophecy in the Bible that tells me that Marxism is going to bring in the mark of the beast. That socialism is going to bring in the mark of the beast. Show me. I've read Revelation. Have you read the Great Controversy? If you haven't, you should. Because in a great controversy, there is one chapter on the French Revolution. One chapter on the French Revolution. Everything else is talking about apostate Christianity. Since when has Marxism and socialism become the enemy? Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that these are things to be embraced. I'm just saying, since when have we? Stopped understanding what prophecy is talking about and shifted our focus to being so caught up about what Marxism and socialism means to the economy of America. Instead of being SDAs, many of us have become SDAs. You guys, prophecy states that mystery Babylon will control the state to shut down certain churches. Nowhere in prophecy do we read that a virus will cause churches to shut down and that this is leading to the mark of the beast. That's not in the Bible, guys. Prophecy doesn't state that all churches will be shut down. Prophecy states that the Babylonian churches will seek to shut down the remnant church. That's what prophecy states. So while we're looking at a health issue as prophetic, oh This is the beginning. They're shutting down our churches. Guess what? The Baptist churches are shut down too, and the Catholic churches are shut down too. What are you talking about? This is not Bible prophecy. Beloved, you need to understand Daniel 11, the king of the north, the king of the south. The Bible clearly tells us that the king of the south represents atheism, powers that are against the Bible, and the king of the north represents the papacy, a pseudo-Christianity, and the Bible clearly tells us that the king of the south will be defeated by the king of the north so that's why we know unlike the other christian churches that the enemy to be looking out for is not the marxist or the socialist or the secularist or the atheist it that's not where the end time attack comes from it comes from within the professed house of god come on guys this is prophecy 101 Now, I'm leading somewhere here, so I need you to catch this, okay? I need you to understand this carefully. Do atheists understand the Bible? Just give me a yes or no. Do atheists understand the Bible? No, they don't. That's why they reject it. They don't understand it seculars do they understand the bible socialists marxists do they understand the word of god no they don't atheists no none of it they do not and that's why they are what they are and so what the devil is doing listen carefully the devil throws out all these conspiracy theories And when we accept these theories, it leads us to hate those. It leads us to despise those who we think are purposely and intentionally in cahoots with the devil to take away our freedoms. And so now, why should I even witness to them? Because they are clearly working with the devil. They have meetings with Satan. So that just gets you mad and angry. And look at what they're hiding from us. And now we begin to see derogatory statements and derogatory sentiments towards those who we think are behind a conspiracy. And what happens is the spirit of hate, not love, hate begins to just boil up. You know how you know what I'm talking about, right? But watch this. How are we to feel about those who are ignorant about the Bible? That's my question for you. How are we to feel about those who are ignorant of the Bible? Listen to Acts 17, verse 30. The Bible says in Acts 17, verse 30, at the times of ignorance, God went. Just stop right there. What does God do to those who don't understand the Bible? What does he do? Come on, let me throw some names in there. So, you know, according to evangelicalism, right, and nationalism, the enemies are those Marxist, liberal, leftists, you know, blah, 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 those woke, blah, 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 right? They are the enemies. Okay, why? They don't know the Bible. They don't understand the word of God. Okay, fine. Yeah, we get that. They are doing what they are doing. Guess what? Because they don't understand the word of God. They're looking for solutions the best they can why because they don't have what we have yes how does god feel about the ignorant the bible says he winks whoa he winks we're not winking a lot of us don't wink Nah. we're like evil wicked we hate you look what you're doing to this nation look what you're doing to this country we have this spirit of hate where God is winking, we're like, nope. Nope. Listen to what Ellen White says here. Millions upon millions of human souls ready to perish, bound in chains of ignorance and sin, have never so much as heard of Christ's love for them. Were our condition and theirs to be reversed, what would we desire them to do for us? All this, so far as lies in our power, we are under the most solemn obligation to do for them. Christ's rule of life, by which every one of us must stand or fall in the judgment, is whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, you do even unto them. But in entertaining these conspiracy theories, we grow to distrust, to hate, to become, we put these people as the embodiment of the devil. And so we can mock and laugh at and deride and be callous against a certain group of people who we think are deceived or being deceived. Or deceiving. Check this out. I'm about to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? We are so used to the spirit of condemnation that it is out of control. Here. Let me read to you. Let none of those who write for our Facebook pages. Uh, wait. Uh, my eyesight is kind of going. Let none of those who write for our papers. I'm sorry, not Facebook page. Let none of those who write for our papers make unkind thrusts and allusions that will certainly do harm. And that will hedge up the way and hinder us from doing the work that we should do in order to reach all classes. The Catholics included. Wow. Wow. It is our work to speak the truth in love and not to mix in the truth with unsanctified elements of the natural heart and speak things that savor of the same spirit possessed by our enemies. All sharp thrusts will come back upon us in double measure when the power is in the hand of those who exercise it for our injury. Over and over, the message has been given to me that we are not to say one word Not to publish one sentence, especially by way of personalities, unless positively essential in vindicating the truth that will stir up our enemies against us and arouse their passions to a white heat. Do you know how crazy it is to see the amount of vitriol, the amount of hate that Seventh-day Adventists are engaging in. The accusatory spirit, the spirit of the world has entered the church. Beloved, I'm not saying close your eyes. I'm saying there are certain things that can be seen as plain evil. Nobody's questioning that. I'm talking about the spirit of accusation. I'm talking about the spirit of hate. And listen to me. Someone said, well, what about the hate in this group? Guess what, guys? That's why as Seventh-day Adventists, we are called to a different mission and purpose. Again, the world hating is expected. The world being angry is expected. God winks. Why? Because they don't have the truth that we have. But when we who have the truth that we have begin to adopt the hate that the world has. It is not Christ's followers. Desire of ages. It is. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Before I go there, do you realize that Ellen White, I do not think I'm wrong on this, and if I'm wrong, I'm off by one statement, maybe two. But as far as I know, Ellen White never made a statement about a living pope. Uh Uh-oh. Uh oh. Let me let that sit with you. Ellen White never made a statement about a living Pope. Today we have Pope trackers. The Pope sneezed. Sunday law is right around the corner. We are so used to that demeanor of accusation that we don't stop to think that these are people that God wants to win. But how are we going to win them if they see us? It is not Christ's followers that with averted eyes turn from the erring, leaving them unhindered to pursue their downward course. Those who are forward in accusing others and zealous in bringing them to justice are often in their own lives more guilty than they. Men hate the sinner while they love the sin. Christ hates the sin but love the sinner. This will be the spirit of all who follow him. Christian love is slow to censor, quick to discern penitence, ready to forgive, to encourage, and to set the wanderer in the path of holiness to stay his feet therein. Beloved, you don't understand. The devil's conspiracy is to get you to hate one group of people so much that you will not witness to them. Why? Because he has so much hate in your heart. While on the other hand, he gets you to become so like the other group of people. You get the idea what I'm talking about? The evangelical group of people who carry that same spirit that you begin to see things the same way that they do and you lose the prophetic significance. To where now your whole cry is, oh, you know, watch out for those who don't know God. When those are the very people we should be witnessing to. Not only should we be witnessing to them, we should be witnessing to our brothers from another mother, these other Christian churches. We should be witnessing them, telling them, listen, guys, Marxism is not the enemy. Socialism is not the enemy. The enemy comes from within the Christian community. That's what we should be doing. But instead, we are echoing dragon speak. We are echoing the voice of the beast. Instead of witnessing to the beast, we are embracing the beast. Esdeanism. And when that is done, beloved, the conspiracy is complete. What is the conspiracy? Listen carefully. Here is the conspiracy. In Matthew 28, verse 18, the Bible says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The gospel commission was for God's people to take the gospel and preach it to everyone. However, Satan's conspiracy, this is not theory, the conspiracy fact is that he wants to stop God's church from preaching the gospel and there is no better way to do it than to implant the spirit of hate for the Marxist, for the communist, for the atheist, for the very people that God is winking his eye at because they never heard the truth. So if I can produce the spirit of hate in your heart, and you, hate, what hate? When you are an accuser of the brethren, when you are an accuser of the, who's the brethren? The people in my church. No, 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 beloved. When you accuse anybody, it is one thing, by their fruit you shall know them, Man, this guy's a brawler. He hits people. Oh, this guy's whatever. It, that's one thing. But to get involved in these conspiracy theories, beloved, yeah, they, they, they're hiding and they're doing this. It creates a very cynical spirit towards the very world that we are supposed to be reaching in love. Those who accept the conspiracy fact will seek to reconcile the loss. Those who accept conspiracy theories, Really, only care about their salvation, and as long as my freedoms. Listen, man, how are we get into the place? How are we at the place? Wow. We have so grown to hate what the unchristian world stands for that we now come to the place where we reject Isaiah fifty-eight, helping the poor, the needy. Man, that's what the secularists do. That's what the atheists are doing. That's what the left is doing. We're not doing that. Help. (laughs) (laughs) You won't catch me. Wow. I wonder why Christ said the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of heaven before you. I wonder why he said that. I wonder why he said that. It is amazing to me how we've come to the place where we complain about oppression from the government because we can't gather and we have to wear masks, the tyranny of it all. Yet, when an oppressed race cries out for the oppression that they experience, then it's just imaginary. Come on, man, stop whining. What's the problem? How can we express Outrage over the oppression of having to wear a mask while treating the oppression symbolized by a knee on the neck as something imaginary. That's a dangerous place to be in, guys. The conspiracy fact will always lead to seeking to win souls. The conspiracy theory will lead to a cold and callous, nationalistic, all that matters is my personal freedoms, the nation, and forget about what other people are going through. You guys stay focused on the conspiracy fact. That's my appeal to you. Stay focused on the conspiracy fact. Do not go after conspiracy theories. Stay focused on the conspiracy fact. Preach the fact. Listen carefully. The Bible is not a conspiracy theory. Preach the word of God. Preach the word of God. Don't let the devil do to you what he did to angels in heaven. Stay focused on the word of God. I'm going to close with this. Revelation chapter 18, and I want you to understand this very carefully. Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. Many of us are not equipped to give the loud cry, and I'm going to show you why right now. The loud cry is found in Revelation 18, and I want to show you, I've never seen this before. What I'm about to share with you, I've never seen before, but I'm about to show you why many of us are not equipped to give the loud cry. Are you ready for this? If you miss everything else, don't miss this. Revelation 18.1, After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried with, mightily with a strong voice, saying, "Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird." For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And now notice verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. Did you catch that just now? Did you catch what I just read? I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, who? My people. Now I want you to understand, Revelation, the first angel's message, there's a voice. The second angel's message, there's a voice. The third angel's message, there's a voice. And then in Revelation 18, there's a voice. You have to understand that these voices... Are not God's voice. Mm. Don't get me wrong, these are God's words, but the voice is symbolic of the church. It is the church that's going forward saying, Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. It is a church that says Babylon has fallen because she's made all nations drink of of the wine of her wrath for fornication. It is a church that says if any man worships the beast and receives his mark. It is a church that says in Revelation 18.4, come out of her... But the problem is this, guys. We don't look... At the group that's not like us at, or that doesn't agree with us as my people. We're not going to say that. Those are not my people. Those are your people. Come on. Let's do a test real quick, all right? Raise your hands. Ready? Go. Marxists. Those are your people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some of you just did right now, you were like, nope, not my people, beloved, listen, you can hate the system, I'm talking about the people, you can despise the system, beloved, that's what we do, right, when we talk about the first beast and the second beast, we're talking about systems, God has not called us to hate the people, So, go ahead, talk about communism and Marxism. Talk about the Democrat Party. Talk about the Republican Party. But we're not called to hate the people. We are not called to hate the racist. Come on, black people. My, my black people on here today, listen. The KKK, are those your people? Mmm. I'm just asking a question. How are you going to go forward and call if you don't have the love of God in your heart to say, those are my people. Those are my people. Eight weeks ago, I preached the message, One Race, Many Colors, talking about how we got to go back to the plantation where the slaves are and call them off the plantation, deliver them off the plantation. Beloved, if you cannot look at the Republicans, If you cannot look at the Democrats, if you cannot look at Black Lives Matter, if you cannot look at this organization, if you cannot look at the Marxists or the KKK, if you cannot look at these group of people, if you cannot look at other churches, if you cannot look at the Catholic church and say, those are my people. You do not have the love of God in your heart to even begin to open your mouth with a message for them. How can the everlasting gospel go into all the world if those are not your people? Come on, we're going to do an exercise and you're going to do this by the grace of God. Ready? Say after me. Black lives matter. Good, good, good. We're not finished. Those are my people. Oh, come on, man. Why are you struggling with this? (laughs) Come on, you can say it. If the love of God is in your heart, you can say it. Come on, say it. Very good, okay? Next. The Republican Party. Say it. Those are, huh? My people. Come on, come on, guys. KKK. Huh. Those are my. You see, so now I can say, hey, listen, I don't agree with your philosophy and I don't even agree with your solution. I'm not, stop, you know, your solution is your solution because you don't understand the word of God. So you're just basing your solutions off of what you naturally think is right. And I get that. I understand that. But I want you to know, I love you as a person because God has called me to do that. Because I have the love of Christ in my heart. But I can show you better way I can show you a better solution and beloved listen our church is being ripped apart because we cannot say those are my people because once we can say those are my people that's my brother that's my sister and I'm mad that they're deceived and I'm mad that they don't understand but guess what that's my brother So I'm not going to disparage my brother or my sister. They may not even know that we're even related right now. But by the grace of God, the gospel is going to get to them and they will be introduced to the message and they will be delivered. Those are my people. Until we learn to stop demonizing people. Until we learn that God has called us to love then Satan's conspiracy is working perfectly. It is time to end the conspiracy. It is time to end the conspiracy. And we end it by receiving the love of God, the love of Jesus in our hearts. You guys, stop. The world is waiting for the three angels' messages and we are busy, we are busy hating and accusing and condemning and getting involved in conspiracy theories which are not to be found in the Bible, in the great controversy, in the spirit of prophecy. Let's focus. Let's get this thing done. I love you. Let's be about our Father's business. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, for the rebuke that we have all received, Lord, because I think to a large degree, many of us are guilty, including myself, of what we just heard today. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. And teach us to love others as you loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded and produced by Power of the Lamb Ministries. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ by pointing to the supernatural power of the Lamb of God that gives us the experience of victorious Christian living. For more information on our multimedia resources or inquiries on speaking engagements, please log on to our website at www.powerofthelamb.com. That's www.powerofthelamb.com Thank you and God bless.